everyone, I'm Kat. I'm here to say thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of Cat's Got Your Terror. We are so excited to bring this to you. It has been a long labor of love. Um, I wanna say thank you to my team and everyone for making this happen. We'd also like to let you know that this first episode we were learning, there's a little bit of some sound issues, but we got it figured out from here on out. We're bringing you the top quality. This show is all about everything that I find terrifying and spooky, things that keep me up at night, and I'm hoping to share those nightmares with you. So enjoy this first episode of Cats Got Your Terror. Sequels, I'm Kat Pinning, and this is Cats Got Your Terror, where I tell you and a guest in my manner of frights something terrifying, so hopefully I'm not the only one with nightmares. Our special guest joining us in the manor today is Sierra Simmons, a zookeeper at San Diego Safari Park. And you are a specialist in? I'm a wildlife care specialist that works with birds. <gasps> Amazing. What kind of birds? All sorts of different birds. So um, vultures, waterfowl, um, large birds, small birds, birds that can fly, birds that can't. So you name it, I work with it. That's so cool. <laughs> Speaking of birds that can't, you were telling me something pretty interesting that you got to help hand rear the kiwi bird no you said it rear. okay yeah so raised so um, we had a kiwi egg that we had an incubation and then it hatched and i was able to help care for it uh before i moved to a different department a different area that's so cool it and it's also cool because you your mom is from new zealand so getting yes. to care for a kiwi it's like my home roots <laughs> my origin uh, it's definitely a bird that is very special to me, for sure. So being able to work with it for the first time uh, is pretty magical. Also, you work with like birds of prey, right? Yes. So like scary birds? Yeah. Because that's kind of the thing that I'm going to need to ask you about today. Ooh, okay. Well, I have a question though. What? Do you know anything about Mothman? A little bit. What do you know about Mothman? Uh, that potentially it could be a sighting related to a bird. Um, I know it's... A Big and winged man. That's what I got. So, so hopefully you know more than me. I mean, you're not wrong. Those are all very key points to Mothman. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you about Mothman today. Okay. And specifically, I want to talk about how Mothman also happens to show up at times where it's like almost like he's a bad omen. Okay. Where like people see Mothman and then all of a sudden something terrible happens. So it starts with um, November 15th, 1966 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. That's where Mothman originates. Um, and two young couples are driving together down uh, State Route 62 near an abandoned National Guard armory building um, and a power plant, which is going to come back into play again. Um, Mothman's seen around a lot of power plants. That's very interesting. Um, when they saw a menacing figure standing in the road six to seven feet tall. So this couple's like driving down a road and in the middle of the road, they see like this figure and it's six to seven feet tall, which like six to seven feet tall sounds like very six tall. feet tall. Is very like, tall. Yeah. But then like <laughs> seven feet tall, that's really, really tall. Um, in the headlights, the giant eyes shone bright red. Panicking, the car's driver sped away toward town and the creature followed. According to these first eyewitness accounts, this thing rose up like a helicopter. So like it like straight up. Yeah. So okay. not like at an angle. Um, it excelled in gliding, easily keeping pace even as the car reached 100 miles an hour. So this thing was like going fast. Okay. It chased their vehicle to the outskirts of the town in the air and then scuttled into a, new, a nearby field and disappeared. So like, I think like when it landed and it was like running, it was like clumsy, which I was like, well, if you think about it, like when like a hang glider or like somebody's like 
landing. Oh yeah. It's like kind of a all your momentum process. is still going right. forward. Right. So it yeah. makes sense that it was stumbling. Okay. Um, knowing how absurd this must have sounded to the local paper in a small Appalachian community in the 1960s, the witness insisted that the apparition couldn't have been a figment of his imagination. He assured the paper, if I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything. But there were four of us who saw it, because remember it was two couples. Okay. Um, it was like a man with 10 foot wings. Okay. Which, 10 feet of wings, that's like five feet each wing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Or 10 foot wings, as in 10 feet each wing. That would be really big. That would be like a dragon. <laughs> that would be absolutely insane. <laughs> that would be... No, 10 size. foot wings, then like... Well, like, five foot on each side? Yeah, I think that's what it means. That's what it means? Um, so, that was the first Mothman sighting. And then there were a couple other reported sightings of Mothman um, that happened around that time. One guy said that Mothman stole his dog. Like, okay. his dog. Like, he was, he, like, looked out into his yard and he saw glowing red eyes. And his dog ran after it. And then his dog disappeared. Okay, I have a question about what what kind of dog was it? It was a German Shepherd. Oh, okay, that's that's kind of ridiculous, but okay. I mean, if you have a ten foot wingspan, that means you're a very large, very strong. I was gonna say, if something has a ten foot wingspan, would it be able to carry off a German Shepherd? Well, I mean, that's assuming that Mothman's carrying the German Shepherd, so it would be able to. It would just kill it. Probably, yeah. Unless it's a humanoid creature. Unless it's a humanoid creature. It would have to be a very unique creature to be able to carry. Because, I mean, if you think you're a German Shepherd, that's, I mean, a full-grown German Shepherd, what, like, 70 to 90 pounds? Yeah. Like, that's a lot to be able to carry that. Okay. Wingspan-wise. Okay. This is good. All okay, right. No, no, no. This is why I have you here, because okay. I want to hear all of these things. Because <laughs> I want to try to make the case that Mothman has to be a cryptid. He, it can't be a bird. Yes, so anyway, I'm out. so I'm here. so so far we're working towards this conclusion yes. of like if Mothman exists, it can't be a bird because none of these things make sense. We're okay, getting there. Cool, we're gonna keep going. Um, so anyway, so a couple more sightings are uh, reported, but then so like a year later on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven, traffic was really bad on the Silver Bridge, originally built in nineteen twenty eight to connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipolis. Sure. Sure. Ohio. <laughs> the bridge was packed with cars. Without warning, a single eye bar near the top of the bridge cracked. The chain snapped and the bridge, its careful equilibrium disturbed, fell to pieces, plunging cars and pedestrians into the icy water of the Ohio River below. 46 people died. Oh. In this bridge collapse. Because, wow. like, it's cars and, like, people walking on the bridge and, like, well, and once you fall into the water, if you're trapped in a car also. Yeah, if you fall in the water and you're trapped in a car or you're trapped underneath a car, yeah. you're not surviving that. Wow, okay. Um, and it says either by drowning or being crushed by the wreckage. So. Oh, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um, after the collapse, sighting of Mothman were never reported in Point Pleasant again. So after that, no one saw Ooh, him. Okay. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. So that's... Mothman as an omen number one. Mothman as an omen number two, which actually they don't credit this to Mothman, which I find interesting because the sightings are all very like Mothman. Here, let me yes. just let's just okay. talk about it. Tell me, tell me. Let me just tell you about it. <laughs> in the days leading up to the Chernobyl disaster, several of the workers in the control room of the nuclear power plant in northern Ukraine claimed to have seen the creature known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. 
Leading up to April 26, 1986, rumors went through the ranks of Chernobyl that five employees had seen a large, dark, headless creature with wings and red eyes. And the reason they said headless is because it looks like what they sketched out is that there was, like, no neck. Like, it basically just went, like, like, that's... So, like, imagine, if you will, like, an owl. Like, you know how, like, the barn owls don't look like they have a neck because they're just, like, little round heads? Yes. That's kind of, like... I understand. That's not. And so five people are reported, this is all a legend, that once again, like, they saw this creature and then something bad happened. Okay. And then no more reports after that. So after the Chernobyl disaster, nobody was like, oh, I'm still seeing it flying around. So it had showed up to just do what exactly? Or is it attached to the disaster? I don't know. Okay, so there hasn't been any reports... There hasn't been any reports, any reports since then of Mothman in Point Pleasant or Chernobyl or my last point. Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so much evidence that Mothman is a negative omen. Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Fukushima, which do you know? Do you remember Fukushima? Uh, it was an earthquake. Earthquake. With a tsunami, right? Yes. Yes. I do remember. Okay. So in the days leading up to the deadly Japanese earthquake and massive tsunami, a witness named Marcus Pools. So this guy, like, his whole account is, like, written out. Like, he has talked to numerous news outlets about this encounter. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is skeptical. Or, like, you could raise an eyebrow at. But at the same time, I'm also like, but why would you put yourself out there to, like, tell this crazy story if, like, you really didn't believe what you saw? You have to believe it. To be, like, convinced 100%. to tell everybody about it. And he says that there are other witnesses to this. So, which none of them have come forward, but if they did, I want to know. Um, But anyway, a witness named Marcus Pools claims to have made a sighting of what he describes as the Mothman in the area. Pools said that he hadn't been, he had been to Japan for business in February of 2011 and had decided, decided to stay with a friend who had long lived in Japan, teaching English in a rural town of Ukuma in the Fukushima region. One day, the two friends went out to look around the town, and in the evening they went to, to Seaside, walking along a trail that meandered near the uh, Daishi Fukushima nuclear power plant. So they're walking by this totally power plant, day. just enjoying the scenery. He's like, had just gotten there, so he's just like checking it out. Um, this is February of 2011. Then he says they're just like walking along, and he claims that all of a sudden he heard just like a whoosh, which like I equate to. You know, when, like, something, like, zooms past you and you hear, like, that whoosh sound. So that's what he's saying happened. So, which at first he took to be the sound of the ocean, because they were right there by the water. Um, But his mind was changed when the sound repeated and then was followed by an ear-piercing shriek. So now there's, like, a noise associated. Which I definitely would associate with birds. Having, like, worked with birds and been to the ocean, very different. Are there like, a lot of shrieking birds near the ocean? Well, I guess seagulls. Well, um, yeah, absolutely seagulls. But I'm just saying this, the whooshing sound compared to like a crashing wave sound. Oh yeah, those are two different sounds. Definitely two different sounds. Yeah. For but sure, then there's for so sure. many different bird sounds. There are lots of shrieking birds. Um, He said his friend heard it. And then also, and as they were walking by the sea, there was also like other couples and stuff walking. And that there was another couple that heard it That as reacted well. to it? Yeah, that reacted to it. So Pulse says, this is a quote. We heard it again, the whooshing noises, followed by an ear-piercing screech that shook me down to the bone and made the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. We looked around for the cause of the noise when we heard the sound again. 
The best way I can describe it is a city bus's brakes when they're in need of service. Loud and ear splitting. Yeah, I know. Oh, we all just, I have yeah. <laughs> like, I know exactly what that noise is. It was not great. Um, we both continued to look around when my friend's attention was drawn toward the power plant by the nearby couple. A younger couple out for a walk were staring toward the plant, arms outstretched and obvious fear in their voices. Poles then looked out toward the power plant and looming in the distance, he thought he could make out a large shadowy figure silhouetted by the plant's lights and the moonlight, which appeared to be sitting perched up on one of the buildings. As he stared at it, the figure suddenly unfurled what looked like massive, a massive set of black wings and took to the sky, where it circled the plant several times. Poles described the frightening, frightening events that followed. The creature then took flight and circled the plant at least four to five times. Some circuits he took at a fast pace, some he seemed to slow down while he kept the attention on the rows of square buildings that I later found out housed the reactors. So he's like going around, around the and then like sometimes like speeding up, but then like slowing down. Okay. So um, the creature then came towards us, flying at least 25 to 30 feet off the ground. The younger couple who had noticed the creature first were now screaming and, and cowering, the man shrieking while the woman was shielding um, her head with a jacket. My friend and I watched as this creature flew over us. That's when I noticed the two large red eyes. They seemed to glow from within and with a blood red hue. They were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them. We knew we were looking they were looking straight into us. We knew this creature knew we could see it and it made no attempt to, dis attempt to disguise itself. The sick and intense, overwhelming feeling of dread came over us. Then the bizarre flying humanoid creature suddenly flew off towards the town until it eventually faded away into the distance. Pools and his friend quickly vacated the area, setting on the explanation that it must have been a large bird or an optical illusion caused by the, light, the lights of the power plant. It was not until after he had returned to the States when the same friend woke him up in the middle of the night, frantically talking about a huge earthquake that had just struck the area where he lived, practically leveling the town he lived in. Then he would be reminded of the creature once again. Pools turned on the TV and over the next few, few days was bombarded with images of the devastation and the earthquake as the result of the tsunami, including a meltdown of the Fukushima Dashi nuclear power plant, which happened to be the very same plant where they had seen the frightening winged humanoid. Pools commented on the relationship between the disaster and what he had seen, saying, the Fukushima Dashi was the exact same plant we had seen the strange bird-like creature circling. Wow. So... Where they had seen Mothman was the same power plant that wound up having like a big meltdown in result of the earthquake. And how far apart was I think a year? So, February the sighting of, and the explosion. So, February of 2011 was when he had the sighting, and then March of 2011. So, literally a month, a month later. Yeah, okay. So, so, so that's a little bit farther apart, and as far as trying to correlate and like wrap. A little closer like, together than, so like the Point Pleasant, it was like a year after they saw oh, the true. Yes. I mean, Yeah, so, so with Point then. Pleasant, so the oh, first okay. sighting where Mothman originated, it was a year from the first sighting of Mothman to the bridge. Okay. Then with Chernobyl, it was like a week before, okay. it was like five days before. And then with Fukushima, it was a month. So then is it? actual correlation with sightings or is it just like happenstance because i feel like if it was an exact like one week or one month like to the day it would be so much more powerful and like right trying to make a say is mothman 
that these bad things are happening. I think it's just more like we see him and then something happens and oh yeah, I remember Joe saw him a week ago. <laughs> like that's what I feel like. But how awkward you're blaming like, him. But how interesting though that Mothman is appearing at this time. But also maybe Mothman is hanging out and he's trying to warn people, but no one's seeing him. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see that. So anyway, my question to you as a bird specialist is, can you think of a bird that has a 10-foot wingspan with glowing red eyes that likes to shriek and lives near oceans and could potentially carry away German children? Not all of those, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think of several different birds, but to put all of those characteristics together in one bird... Not quite. Uh, so, like, if you think about the height, six to seven feet, I can't even name a bird that is... Would be that tall. That, I mean, unless you want a cassowary or an ostrich to be that tall. I mean, those are tall. If an ostrich really wanted to, could it fly? No. It can run really fast, though. So, running along that the car... Because that if an ostrich could magically gain flight, then yeah. that maybe might be my An ostrich that would be, be very looking. Like, the largest wingspan... So, like, basically, like, what I correlate wingspan to, like, size. So, you need 10 feet of wingspan for, like, 20 pounds of weight. So, okay, if you so have an yeah. ostrich that's 150 pounds, you would need, like, ridiculous amounts. You know, Like, what is that? Like, 70 feet of wing? I'm not Again, name. we're on to the dragon topic, okay? <laughs> it's a dragon. But, so, size, so, height-wise... A cassowary or an ostrich. I mean, cranes get really What's tall. A cassowary. A cassowary. Uh, it's the bird in Australia. I like to call them Kevin birds because they remind me of a bird from Up. Oh, is it that one that yeah. has like the the yellow... cask? Yeah, it has okay. a big like almost like a horn. Right. They're blue and red, and they're like covered in little feathers. They look kind like of cassowary bee in Virginia in the nineteen sixties. Unless it got out of like a circus. Maybe, but no. They live in Australia. Are cassowaries uh, carnivorous birds? No, they're frugivores, so they eat fruit. Only fruit. I mean, maybe a small mouse. So not German shepherds? Not German shepherd, no. If you're you're hunting a German shepherd, you're going to be more... Well, if if it's a live German shepherd, which, yes, we're getting into the nitty-gritty, if the German shepherd is alive, then it's going to be a raptor. Where if something happened to the German Shepherd prior, it would be more like a vulture, which are scavengers. But neither of them get large enough in size to be able to carry off, say, a 60-pound German Shepherd. And do their eyes glow red? No. But, uh, so, there are cranes that have... So, there's cranes and vultures that have, like, red skin and red feathers, which could possibly reflect as far as light. In my mind... The best fitting bird is gonna be the Andean condor. Okay. Which is like South America, like Bolivia. So not West Virginia. Not West Virginia, and definitely not in Japan. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, so yeah. what about like the Ukraine? Not even, yeah, none of these other other countries. Okay. Um, but they are large in size. I mean, they have a 10 foot wingspan. Males are even bigger. So like potentially 11 feet. Strength-wise, are definitely stronger, but again, they're scavengers, so they eat leftovers. But they have red eyes that could easily be considered glowing. But also, if you take into account, like, just shining a light on, like, your dog's eyes, like, your dog's eyes reflect. Right. Like, so, 
animals in general have reflective eyes. But is this, not this glowing like glowing red? red? Yeah, this is saying glowing red, which I feel like to use the description glowing, it's pretty not just distinct. like reflecting. Pretty distinct. It's pretty distinct. Okay, so basically you're telling me that Mothman exists. Thank you. That was why <laughs> I wanted you here. You were justified. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't come up with a specific one individual bird that matches all of these Mothman criteria. I knew it. Yeah. So now I'm terrified. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for... Uh, Proving, proving that right. Mothman exists. Yeah, that right. is why I had you here. <laughs> Not that I had ulterior motives of wanting to prove Mothman's existence, but I did. And you did it. And thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you being here. Um, is there anything you would like to talk about as far as the zoo goes? Do you want to tell me zoo secrets? No. I can't tell you zoo secrets. Okay. You should go to the zoo, though. You should go visit me. <laughs> but I appreciate you being here and lending your expertise. And uh, good luck sleeping tonight, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Next time on Cats Got Your Terror. It's like a really interesting idea, which is reincarnation. That sounds like a made-up story. You have a personal connection to it. He told me story after story after story. His nightmares stopped happening. Because he didn't know who he was. He just knew that he remembered being an old man. It is a possibility. It is not a lie.